You're listening to Parenting in the First Three Years, the place where we explore the strategies and soul of parenting from pregnancy through the first three years of life. I'm your host, Ann McKittrick. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey there, and thank you for joining me on the podcast today. I'm so glad that you're with me. My guest today brings an amazing word of encouragement for those of you who might feel just a little bit mothered out, which is kind of a common thing for parents of children who are really young, like your kids are. After 50,000 hours of working with parents and teens and being a mom in the trenches with her own teenage daughter, Colleen published her award-winning and best-selling book, Dial Down the Drama, Reducing Conflict and Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter, a guide for mothers everywhere. Her sequel, Dial Up the Dream, Make Your Daughter's Journey to Adulthood the Best for Both of You, came out in 2022, and both are available wherever books are sold. Colleen has shared her message of practical hope with moms worldwide in Parents Magazine, Wall Street Journal Lunch Break, on popular parenting podcasts, and on the red carpet at TEDx Wilmington. Colleen is the host of Power Your Parenting, Moms with Teens podcast, and in 2021, it was ranked number one among podcasts for parenting teens. Even though she works with parents of teenagers, she has some wonderful wisdom for those of you who are just starting out on your parenting journey, and I know that you're going to get a lot of encouragement from her today. So here we go. Here's my conversation with Colleen O'Grady. Colleen, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I'm so glad to be here. Tell us a little bit about your work and the books that you've written. Well, I have been a marriage and family therapist for 30 years. So some of your listeners may be younger than (laughs) how long I've been a therapist. So I was trained as a marriage and family therapist, which means that I work with families and I've seen all kinds of families from you know, couples who are trying to get married and young marrieds to young marrieds with children, young marrieds with tweens and teens. So I've seen it all. I've seen, um, you know, what works over these, these years. And I've, I've definitely have seen what doesn't work. So I bring that perspective and I have two books. One of the books is called dial down the drama. And that book was written when my daughter was 15. And I think I finished the book when she was 20, but it really was motivated. I was really motivated to write the book when she was around 11. And I was a complete expert in teens. I'd done 10 years of youth ministry and everybody, thousands of teens thought I was like the most amazing person ever. And then when my daughter turned 11, she didn't think I was the most amazing person ever. And what I realized for sure at 11, but actually I can back it up to those earlier ages. There is nothing that can push your buttons like a little one, a toddler, a two-year-old, and definitely an 11-year-old. In fact, I know you know this in terms of human development, but there are so many similarities between a two-year-old and a 12-year-old in terms of the brain development, So, yeah. which makes them super edgy. So I wrote this book really for me, and it started off being like an academic book, but I probably wrote three or four versions of it. 
And it really became more of a book that was my journey. And I just had to keep backing up because it was more than just tricks to get your teen to behave. Mm -hmm. And I backed up and backed up and backed up until I really started talking about the messages that moms get. And I call them powerless parenting messages. You don't get them in books. You just pick it up in the culture. Mm -hmm. And these messages are not healthy for moms and really drive them to exhaustion. So I changed those messages into powerful parenting messages. So Dial Down the Drama really takes it from like the tweens up until, you know, good part of high school. And then Dial Up the Dream is Make Your Daughter's Journey to Adulthood the Best for Both of You really takes it from junior, senior year up into the 20s because of the brain is not fully developed till 25. And really that book is a reflection also on those 18 years. And where you're looking back and seeing the journey of a, of a mom over those years. I love the transition from powerless parenting message to powerful parenting messages. And, you know, I think that there is a certain amount of powerlessness that we feel when we have this newborn baby in our arms. You know, it's just mm-hmm. like, I... I don't know if I can do this. I'm so afraid I'm going to bring harm to this child in some way. And so there's just this rising of responsibility that is so, it's so big and and really it, it doesn't ever really go away. I mean, you always feel this big responsibility. So how can, how can a parent, you know, we're, we're talking to parents from, you know, zero to three here. So how can we, in these first few years, move from taking in the powerless parenting messages to the powerful parenting messages? Yes. Well, I bring an interesting perspective because I think that when you are a mom of a newborn, some of the challenges for you definitely is that you are letting go of a lot of things Mm -hmm. of like what your life used to be like. You could Mm -hmm. used to really be a huge go-getter in your career and home. And then you start to feel the pull of this little one. If if you're a full-time mom, or if you're in in the, have a professional career, that's very demanding. It's, it feels the same. And it feels like you're losing your life. When you are a mother of a teen, a lot of times you are resentful because you've lost your life. Mm -hmm. And so what I would say to a lot of the moms listening, that that instinct that you feel that you're about to lose your life, you want to pay attention to that. Because one of the powerless parenting messages is it's selfish to pay attention to me. And the thing that I thought was amazing is I thought that this was just a United States thing. But what I found is this is a universal thing. I have a podcast of 70 different countries. So this is everywhere that moms feel this pressure and feel if they pay attention to their own needs, it's selfish. The powerful parenting message is that it's crucial to pay attention to you. And if I would give you moms who are listening a 
big, big, big message right now that actually is going to be really good news for you is that don't lose your life. Don't lose it. Now, it's a huge project here because you've just added this this little baby into your life. And so it does take a lot of strategy. And maybe you can't do, you know, see your friends every night of the week, but you can still see your friends. So one of the common problems that I see, and I actually just talked to a lot of young couples of your age group, zero to three yesterday. And what happens a lot is that the husband can feel like it's optional to do things at home. Like they quote, help out. Mm-hmm. So often they'll say, oh, I'm going to go golfing and um, I'll, I'll be home at, you know, four. Now, I, again, I have done this for 30 years. This has not changed in 30 years. This is the same scenario. So you young mom, you're ticked. You're mm-hmm. ticked about it because you're like, you're not helping me out. And you feel really burdened with all the, like, it's not optional for you. You have to do it all. Right. So then you kind of, by default, let go of your life because he's, you know, playing poker and going golfing. And if you make him stay home, he gets really angry and you fight about it. And then your marriage becomes this tag team parenting, which is not good. Mm -hmm. So what I would say is, like, don't fight him. I would say, learn from him. And you say, you know, honey, that's really important that you go golfing. And it's really important for me to hang out with my girlfriends also on Sunday or Saturday. Like you claim it, you claim what you need. You claim your workouts, you claim hanging out with your friends, you claim whatever fills your soul up and makes you feel like you. I have an episode on my podcast called A Wholehearted Mom. And a big trap moms and and you young moms feel it. And so I, this is a great time to talk to y'all. So what happens if you kind of over time, let go of things that you need to do to feel healthy and feel like you, you get resentful and resentment is not a great thing to bring into parenting or into your marriage. So what you want to do is know that no one benefits No one benefits in your family if you neglect you. Your kids don't benefit and your spouse doesn't benefit. And here's why. And I know you were going to talk to me about being all mothered out. So there is a text that I saw on Facebook and it just said all mothered out. And there were probably a hundred responses because mothers can relate to being all mothered out. The problem here is if you have no reserves, you are going to blow a gasket. So here's the deal. If you are filled up and you've taken care of yourself, you're not feeling resentful. You hung out with your girlfriends. They validated, oh yeah, this is so hard. You laugh about how hard it is. And then your toddler just is extra cranky in a day. You somehow have the reserves to deal with it. If you are tired, exhausted, have had no sleep, have had no fun. You know, your husband's been out having a good time. You have been stuck at home and your toddler is cranky. It is 
very, 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 very easy to lose your temper and lose control. Or it's very, very easy to not give them presence and focused attention. And I'm sure, Anne, you've talked about on your show the importance of attachment, have you know, building a secure attachment in those years. So like if you haven't had a time to really process what you're even thinking or feeling, you're preoccupied. And so when your kid is wanting your attention, you're just like eyes glazed over and you're not there. And your toddler feels you're not there. Mm-hmm. And then they intuitively feel not safe or taken care of. So they amp it up, which then you have no reserves and then you lose it. Mm-hmm. So do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, absolutely. I hear this from moms often, you know, you know, we, we have our children about (laughs) a lot of people have their kids around three years apart. And so very often it seems as if the people who have a newborn who is eating every two hours also have a two and a half year old who is uh, really needing a lot of attention especially mm-hmm. because they have this new baby, right? And yes. um, and so that leaves the full-time caretaker, most often mom, with very little space, very little margin. In fact, probably you could say almost no margin oftentimes. And figuring out how to find a little bit of that physically as well as mentally, I think is one of the biggest challenges in these years. Yeah. What I recommend is doing a Sunday startup which is a 20 minute meeting and you and your husband sit down or you and your partner sit down and you talk about the week. In fact, actually I would say probably mom, you need to meet with yourself first. (laughs) Figure out what it is that you would like. Yes. So you look at your week and think of motherhood as like being an entrepreneur and this is your time. And so You want to be intentional with your time, especially because you have no time. And so you think about what can I add into my week so that I won't be resentful. And then here is a huge, huge thing. I think often young couples think the answer to your free time is your spouse. And often it's not. So, you know, if your husband wants to play golf, then you can say that's fine. But um, we need some extra help. And even if you have a full-time nanny, I don't care. You still need that. You're still working during those hours. Get some extra help. And that could be parents or in-laws. But you plan that out and you make sure you get that time. And I'm doing this with um, a young mother in my private practice. And she was just a mess and a precious, precious mom. But she was wanting to get everything perfect, and she was leading a big team at work, and she has this little newborn, and she was a mess, and she was over drinking because she was just trying to calm down, and she couldn't. And she had so much shame for over drinking, and she was hiding that from her husband, and um, she was not eating, and she wasn't getting sleep because it was a newborn who wasn't, who was up like two, three, four in the morning and she was a wreck. So that wasn't good for their relationship, the husband wife's relationship. So this is what I've been doing with her. I've been helping her with, 
And I can't tell you in three weeks, it's like a huge transformation. One of the things that she did is in her house, um, she likes to paint. And one part of the room was an office. And then where she had her paint supplies was a wreck. So she took a sick day. She stayed home and organized her art room. So that it would be easy to go in there and draw and paint. She also um, did what I said and just talked to her husband. I know how important it is. And I really want to support you playing golf. And I know that's the way you relax. And I have realized that what I need to do to relax is this. And so she scheduled some time in the week and it got um, the in-laws to help with watching the kid. And then she also likes to cook. And so he would come home late, so wouldn't give her a chance to cook. So she said, um, I need to know at least three times a week when you can be home at this time so that I can cook. And just those little tweaks was enough to make her feel like herself again. I love that, you know, because they're just, it's simple things. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of identifying what those things are that really fill your cup in a way that makes you feel like you haven't lost yourself. Yeah. I tell moms that our life is like a cup. You know, we've heard the half empty, half full thing. And I thought about that for days and that just didn't work for me. So unless we're dead, we have something in our cup. What matters is what's in our cup. So we can't help but pour out what's in our cup. So if there is, you know, calm and peace, we pour that out into our families. If we're happy and joyful, we pour that into our families. If we're stressed out, man, that goes through the family really quick. If we're resentful, everyone feels it. If we're angry, everyone feels it. It's what we pour out. So our energy is so important. So Jill Bolte-Taylor, who is a scientist, and she has a quote that says, be responsible for the energy that you bring into the room, because your energy greatly affects your relationships, even with a baby. Mm -hmm. I think more so with a baby and a, a young child, because they don't have the cognitive ability to say, mom is in a bad mood. I need to filter out some things, you know, they, they have no filters yet because they don't have the understanding yet of even your perspective. You know, they don't even understand that you have your own thoughts. (laughs) So yeah, they, they totally pick up on everything. Even if you don't say it, Mm -hmm. even if you're just feeling really cranky, which is what I do. I, I can keep my words to myself pretty well. I'm pretty good at that, but everybody in around me knows when I'm mad, (laughs) (laughs) even if I don't say anything, especially my kids. And especially when they were tiny, they felt it. When I walked into the room, picked them up from the crib, they could feel that. And so, yeah, it's so true. What you have in your cup is, is what people experience. Mm -hmm. So I guess the big question is how do you keep the joy and the contentment and the, the goodness in your cup? Well, I think, well, I mean, wisdom from a five-year-old, my daughter was five and I, you know, burst through the door and she goes, mommy, you need a quiet time. (laughs) (laughs) And I did not even know I was stressed, but how I even opened the door, how I walked in, she picked that up. So Uh 
I think like what we're talking about, it's in it's in those nooks and crannies. It could be it could be as simple as when you come home from work, don't rush into the house. Just sit in the car for five minutes, breathe, and set a little intention about who who do you want to be when you walk into that house. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I interviewed a woman on my podcast yesterday. She has 10 children. And four of them are special needs. So she's talking about systems. But what she said is that she makes sure that she gets 45 minutes in the morning where she is left alone, that she can be quiet, read, pray, or whatever. I want to add something that's a huge stressor for this generation of moms that I think is even more intense than when we raised our kids. And that is pressure and perfectionism. Like moms, I just have so much compassion for y'all because y'all are supposed to be amazing at everything. You're, even if you're a stay at home mom, you're supposed to have that really successful side hustle that you can bring an extra $10,000 a month in your house. And your house has to be amazing. And you have to look amazing and you have to have an amazing little toddler and have an amazing relationship and just do it all. And one of my guests on my podcast, and I just loved it. And she said, parenting has become an engineering process. And I was like, what is she talking about? But I think that moms feel, especially today, is that we have to engineer the perfect child and that we can do it if we get them on the right schedule if we you know, introduce them to music or whatever, that we can engineer a very successful person. And as you and I know, on the other end of parenting, my daughter is 26. They're just going to be who they are. And our kids are not many me's. We kind of don't even know we're doing that to our babies, but we're trying to engineer a perfect mini me. And another thing I would say to you young moms is... I think every young mom thinks I'm going to fix what my mom did. I'm going to do it better. My mom was kind of, she wasn't great at this. And so I'm going to do it right. And I would say, like, don't put that pressure on yourself. Put, if you're going to do anything, put intention and taking care of you. So you are your best you, but don't pressure yourself to have the perfect child because they're not going to be perfect. They are hardwired to be imperfect for 25 years. So they're going to be imperfect. And that does not mean that you are a bad mom. If your kid has a meltdown at two or 12 in a public place, kids have meltdowns in public places at two and 12 and 16 and 25. So if you take that pressure off of yourself And that if your kid misses a feeding at two o'clock or whatever time you have, it's not the end of the world. And I had a guest on my show and I loved what she said is you have to know your North Star in parenting. Like, what are you, what's, what's the destination? What is the important thing? Perfect child is not the destination. A successful child even isn't the destination. An obedient child is not the destination. 
And what she said is that your destination, her and her husband, this is um, Andy and Sandra Stanley, and they said that their destination was to parent with the relationship in mind. And they made everything, every decision from that perspective. Was this good for the relationship? I think really every mom, before you have a baby, what you really dream of is the relationship, the connection, but then something weird just snaps and it's the competition, the comparison with the other moms. And we then think, no, it's really about an engineering process. Right. Because if I do this, then that will happen. Or if I don't do this, then they'll be forever this way or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, we, we face that that very question when one of our kids was um, in adolescence and we were seeking some uh, a therapist to help us through a really big issue in our family. And the thing that the, que- the therapist asked us, me and my uh, husband, he said, do you want this behavior to stop or do you want to have a relationship with, with this child when they're gone, you know, when they're an adult? And we had to choose, <laughs> do we want this terrible thing that we believe is really detrimental to stop? Or do we want to have relationship later? We chose relationship and this terrible thing that we thought was so detrimental continued, but we had chosen to, to work through it with the, the end in mind. And, um, you know, I think it was probably one of the best gifts that we were ever, ever given, um, by another person in our parenting journey was to think about the, the end relationship. Because yeah. you really cannot control your child. You just can't. But you can enjoy your child. You sure can. You sure can. And you enjoy them when you observe them and you know them and you you don't look at them as an engineering project, but instead you look at them as, who are you? And, and tell me about you. <laughs> you know, we, we see that from the time they're born. You know, you can, you can see these little nuances in a personality from in the first weeks. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, especially tween teen years, but it can start early too, is you can have this mentality of they'll thank me later. They don't, you know, and what you're saying, the means definitely do not justify the ends. They can hate you later. They can be successful and hate you and cut you off. And that's a real thing. Here's the deal. We think that we can pressure them into changing. If you truly want to influence your kids, it really is about becoming the model that your child desires to be. You know, another habit that moms default into is that if we're not enjoying adulthood and we've kind of given up on enjoying adulthood and we're just frowning all the time and we're in a bad mood, like who wants to grow up? You have to show that adulthood is fun, exciting, smiling. So you are the model that your child needs to be. So if you deplete yourself and you hate your life, that's not being a real good model. You wear that modeling on your face. Those are some great, great words for all parents, especially for brand new parents. And so... Thank you so much. Welcome. Do you have any last thoughts that you want to leave with before we wrap this up? 
I think a good question to ask yourself every day is how can I enjoy my child today? Mm-hmm. How can I enjoy my life today? How can I enjoy my child today? Another good question to ask yourself is to moms, especially because we tend to be harsh on ourselves, is how can I be kind to myself today? And I love that question because it's very doable. So I'd be kind if I gave myself 10 more minutes to sleep in, if I sat down for five minutes, but you want to be kind to yourself. If you're kind to yourself, you're going to be kind to your kids, if that's a value. If you are mean to yourself and you're harsh on yourself, you're usually mean and harsh to your kids. Okay. So let's go find ways to be kind to ourselves. (laughs) Yes. That's great. That's a really great thought. I'm going to start doing that myself, even though I don't have any kids in the house. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Colleen. This has been just wonderful. So appreciate you. You're welcome. You're welcome. If you love today's episode, take a minute and subscribe to our podcast. And one last thing, I'd love to pray for you and your baby if you'd like for me to. You can email me at ask at nurturednoggins.com. Your request can be as simple as just one word, or it can include an explanation. Either way, you can trust that I will pray for you. It's a quiet, simple way that I can connect with you and your family and support you in your parenting journey.